0: No House Advantage is taking a different spin on daily fantasy sports by offering player prop contests across the NBA, MLB, NFL, and PGA for cash prizes. This is an awesome new fantasy sports platform that's leveling the playing field and making it easier to win than on the traditional fantasy sports apps. Download the No House Advantage app and check out our daily player prop contests without having to make a deposit. Play in public-guaranteed cash prize pool contests or create your own private contest with friends. Use promo code EDGE when signing up, and they'll match your first deposit with a $20 in free play. If your first-time deposit is at least $10, we'll set you up with a free PFF EDGE annual subscription. No House Advantage offers daily player prop contests that include all types of player statistics. Featured player prop contests combine players of different positions across several statistical categories. Compete against other users and track in real time as you climb the leaderboard. Download the No House Advantage app now using promo code EDGE, and they'll match your first deposit with up to $20 in free play. If your first-time deposit is at least $10, we'll set you up with a free PFF EDGE annual subscription.
1: It is the Monday night, Tuesday morning edition of the PFF Daily Betting Podcast. This is the one that you have to listen to every single week because uh, we're putting kids through college here on this podcast. It's uh, George and Ben, the dynamic duo. Last week, uh, we had some, some, hot, some hot information for people. We talked about the Panthers. Panthers won outright. Um, so I'm looking forward to doing it again. Because one thing that is not happening is the Falcons being competitive, and I'm tilted by it.
2: Right. I mean, they haven't been competitive too much uh, towards the end of the game, especially in the fourth quarter. So I don't know why we expected much more out of them uh, on Monday Night Football, but they've definitely disappointed here, I would say, Um, unfortunately. But, yeah, we'll see. Dan Quinn, we'll see if he's a head coach tomorrow morning, I guess, at this point because it's officially fire season.
1: He and uh, Bill O'Brien should open up a bed and breakfast in (laughs) – in Nantucket or They're something
2: a long fucking place away at this
1: point so yeah man um, alright let's uh, let's go ahead and jump into it here um, I want to talk about the Thursday night game because I see that it's down to four and a half and my take on this game is that on a short week the better quarterback and the better team is the one that I want to be on the side of and that is very clearly the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady um I I Philip Rivers looked like he was throwing a um, like one of those stones that World's Strongest Men have to pick up uh, in the competition. That's what it looked like when he was trying to throw the ball more than two yards down the football field. Um, and uh, and and the Colts had you know very clearly um, you know kind of stifled Nick Foles. So at four and a half. I think the Bucks are the play here. What are your thoughts?
2: Um, I'm actually probably leaning a little bit towards the other way. I was on Big Nick you know, last week. Unfortunately, Big he Nick. really let me know. I can't... I you don't can know say I, it. I don't know what I can get away with at this point in time on the podcast here. I mean, it's, it's a wild PG, wild west. PG 13? Alright, let's do it then. Um, this you know, Nick Joe Coles, Rogan. <laughs> he quit. I mean, he didn't come through last week against the Colts. I think a lot of people are obviously buying into that Colts defense. I think it's probably a little too early from that perspective, but Bears didn't really play too well, but I think at home on a short week, uh, greater than a field goal favorite, I gotta be buying into the Bears at this point. I know the Bucs have been pretty good. I do think um, just the turnaround time, um, of course, they were at home this week against uh, the Chargers, but I don't think they necessarily looked that great. I think Justin Herbert obviously had a pretty good game. I'm not sure what to make of that at this point, but I do think that uh, Nick Foles and the Bears are probably going to turn it around a little bit at this point. So I think anything greater than a field goal, I'm kind of buying into the Bears just on that short and but I definitely also like the over... A little bit here as well. I think the 44. Yeah, 44. I think it dropped down from 45 opening. So I'm kind of buying into uh, points being scored. I know that didn't necessarily happen for the Bears last weekend, but um, I'm still buying into this receiving core. I'm still buying into Nick Foles at least for one more week. I think if he. You know, does me wrong once, fine. If he does me wrong twice, I'm probably gonna have to quit him completely at this point. But bears are my play. So what? What? What makes you side well, with so the Bucks besides the? Is it just Tom Brady specifically? Or
1: yeah, I mean, it's the it, first off, Tom Brady revenge against Nick Foles right. for the Super Bowl. Never underestimate that. I never,
2: I, I forgot about that point.
1: actually. Never underestimate that. Mostly, it's me. I think people have just a way um overly inflated view of Nick Foles because he has these high variance plays and yet um and then that's what people remember but the guy's just very inconsistent he's not particularly accurate um i will say this i really like the over because the the Colts defense sets up to try and limit those potentially high variance plays right they just want you to throw short right um and the Bucks are a much more aggressive defense uh, you saw what Justin Herbert was able to do, got deep a couple of times. So um, I I, I might actually be pivoting from the bucks to the over. I, I was sold by that. Maybe I'll just go both because I, mean, I believe in Tom Brady. Brady's lighting it up. I know, right? Dude has 16 big-time throws. He hasn't had that many through four games since 2011.
2: Right, I know. He's playing... Really well, I think, you know... And the thing is, is like, the receiving core is kind of banged up a little bit, too. I think Mike Evans was on, like, maybe a leg, maybe a leg and a half last week.
1: Scotty Miller, baby.
2: Scotty Miller, baby. I I was expecting a little bit more from Justin Watson. I actually... Um, it's kind of crazy to say this in week four, but I think OJ Howard's kind of a decent loss for them at this point because yeah, he hasn't necessarily, you know, showing what he was once capable of at this point. So until they get Chris Godwin back, I thought, you know, OJ is getting a decent amount of looks and touches and actually performing quite well. So that's kind of my one concern with Tampa Bay. I know both teams are just a little bit banged up, but I do think if Chris Godwin is sitting out another week, I would probably lean towards the Bears, but it's definitely a spot where I'd probably... Uh, not necessarily have to bet and kind of lean more towards that over. Like, So I definitely agree with you on that.
1: All right, give me uh, another game to talk um, about here.
2: Let's go. I know we don't have a line for this at this point, but Denver at New England, I kind of want to get in on this. Uh, hmm. I want to get in on the forecast prediction pod a little bit here. So I want to know what What do you think this line opens up at once we get a line here?
1: So I would guess we'll have Jared Siddham. I can't imagine that Brian Hoyer recovers from that. That was not good. Right. Stidham didn't look great either, but I'm guessing it's Stidham. Now, Romo said something interesting, which I don't think is true, but he was saying if Newton is asymptomatic and has multiple negative tests, that he could play.
2: Okay. And that's got to be what the line's waiting on at this point, right?
1: It has to be, right? So I'm going to give you two lines here. Um, I'll give you what I think it would be if Newton plays – and that is, I think it would be 10.5. Okay. Now, I I don't know if Locke plays. I don't really think it matters, to be honest with you, coming off of an injury. I, I'm not, you know, I think it probably matters a point or, or so, but we just don't know enough about Locke. So I'm going to go 10, 10.5 10 if Cam plays. Without Cam Newton, I think it's 3.5.
2: Okay. That's a pretty, I mean, it's a pretty significant swing cutting through that seven, but I mean, that's basically what we have our chart at as far as Cam Newton. I think he was right at seven and a half points when I checked it yesterday or something. So that line movement would actually make sense. Um, What do you think about that? I, yeah, I think I'm buying into Denver at anything less than a touchdown if Cam Newton doesn't play. So that's what I would say for sure. Like if it get, if it got down to the field goal range, I definitely think you're pausing at that point, but I think if you're getting Denver without Cam Newton at six and a half, seven, you know, those numbers right there, I mean, that's a full buy in my opinion at this point, but it's it's tough to project. You know, there's just, there's a certain amount of COVID uncertainty that we have never had to calculate for before. And it's making for a kind of interesting setup for the 2020 season. But
1: let's, let's talk about this though. Drew Locke versus Bill Belichick is a massive, (laughs) massive disadvantage Right, no Cortland Sutton. Like he doesn't have to take away Cortland Sutton. It's just so I don't know. I mean, I thought we saw tonight. Like it took. It took a really really bad performance from the New England quarterbacks, for that game to get out of hand. And right. they were playing in Kansas City against the Chiefs. They flew there today. Right. You know. So like at home, um, I don't know. If Cam Newton plays. I wonder if the market is a little hesitant. You know, to just—I I don't know why they would be, but um, maybe they are, and, and this line falls short. You know, maybe like in the eight and a half range. Uh, in which case, I think I would—I would buy New England.
2: Yeah, I think I think anything under ten with Cam playing, I think is probably a buy for the Patriots. I think anything, um, you know seven or under seven and a half of course any number basically you can get under 10 with cam not playing i think is probably a buy for denver up to a field goal spread is probably how i would play it but yeah i mean you bring up a really great point because um talking about kansas city tonight too and you know we got kansas city at las vegas but i didn't necessarily think that patrick Mahomes looked that great going up against this patriots defense either i thought um for a lot of it it was you know more so a reflection of how poor the Patriots quarterbacks played as opposed to how well and how good this Chiefs offense has been throughout the years so I'm not necessarily saying that the Chiefs are fraudulent or anything like that but it just seems like they have this certain mentality where they can basically turn on or turn off their production and play at any point in time, and that's probably a good thing long-term, but for covering these wide spreads like what they have coming up here against the Las Vegas Raiders, I do think that that's kind of um, a concern or question mark, in my opinion, when I'm looking to back the Chiefs' potential. Have you that's
1: seen a line for that anywhere?
2: So I see it at minus 12 right now. I didn't mm. I didn't check that basically um, after the game tonight. Let's see if it's moved at all. Yeah, 12 and a half 12. I think it's kind of in that range, basically. So yeah. a little bit of a dead zone, but I think it probably holds there. So do you have a do you have a play on that game in that particular number or not?
1: What's the total? So
2: the total open at fifty nine has dropped down to fifty six.
1: Hmm. I think fifty six. I think I might buy that because um, the Raiders' defense is just an atrocity. Worse. Right. I mean, it is an atrocity. Um, I don't know if the Raiders get back, you know, Rugs or um, Brian Edwards, Edwards in this yeah. game, but. I,
2: don't think, I think one of them, I think Ruggs was probably leaning a little bit more towards the questionable status, so I think he might be a possibility, but yeah, um, yeah if you're rolling out, obviously Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller's your top top option in the receiving core and stuff like that. I,
1: I do think Waller, you know, could could play well in this game, but right. um, I, I, if that's fallen all the way at 56, I think I might go for that, because I, I think the Chiefs could score 56 uh, on their own. Um, I'll say this i just am not i'm not buying in on the raiders right now i don't have a ton of faith in them um let me give you a game that uh talked about last night that i am excited about and this is um our cincinnati Bengals. so the Bengals are playing in baltimore they're 13 and a half point underdogs okay At home field not not that big of a deal. Baltimore just played in Landover, Maryland, which is a hop, skip, and a jump from where they all live. If anyone knows their geography, not a, not a huge deal there. Um, and they were thir- they opened as thirteen point favorites. That was the lock of the week. Cash PFF forecast. You're not listening. You're blowing it. Um, the Bengals are opening as a thirteen and a half point underdog. Did you see from the Ravens anything that made you feel? that they were a better team than you thought they were going into the game against the football team.
2: They definitely didn't show me anything from that perspective. I think the only thing that makes me a little cautious about the Bengals when I'm comparing it to the Washington football team from last week is basically – RG3 kind of trying to blow that initial cover <laughs> for whatever reason. I'm not sure if he had, you know, money on the other side or what that was at that point,
1: but let me, I think it a let bit me tell of you what factor. that was. Yeah. Let me tell you what that was. That was, I am playing on a field that I played uh, a few years back, and I am trying to recapture this magic as only RG3 can try to do. That's right. what that was. Yeah.
2: I mean, at that. From that perspective, I'm definitely buying into the Bengals as well. I would love to see it at plus 14 if you can get to it, but I don't, I mean, just based on where the juice is at for a lot of these yeah. websites, I don't think that we're going to get to that point. So I do think buying in at 13 and a half, I think if we get any line movement, it's going to be, um, you know, towards Cincinnati at this point. So we'll probably see a lower number here throughout the week if anything actually does happen with this line. So I'm fully on board with the Joe Burrow hype trade. I think, you know, you and I are kind of leading that charge at this point. So he hasn't failed us yet at this point. So he has I'm not. He's it.
1: undefeated against the spread. Right. Not only do I like the Bengals plus 13 and a half, I like the over 51. The Bengals are not stopping Lamar Jackson. They are not. The The football team actually, you know, Ron Rivera is a, a very good defensive coach. They were playing without Chase Young um, and put up kind of a valiant effort. To me, the Bengals are not going to put up a valiant effort on defense. They're going to have an offense, you know, that, that is going to be plucky at the end and come through the back door. But um, I like the over there as well. Joe Burrow, over 90 PFF grade on throws short of 20 yards downfield, and has been one of the top, I think, four graded players on intermediate throws. We know those kind of deep shots are, you know, um, an unstable part of quarterback play. But what, the way that you see him kind of command those short and intermediate areas of the field, um, that's the kind of consistency I want to buy into. So, right. um, you know, I know the Ravens are a blitz-heavy team. Look, the Bengals can't block teams that aren't blitzing. At least he knows they're blitzing. Like, that's yeah. less players than coverage. <laughs> um, and, you know, Marlon Humphrey on the outside, like, I like Tyler Boyd in the slot. I think he's got an opportunity to eat a little bit. So, yeah. Um, I like the Bengals there. Uh, all right, give me another one.
2: Uh, let's go. I guess we got to talk about Sunday Night Football if we're going into yep. Minnesota at Seattle. Um, I see seven, seven and a half. I think we're probably mm-hmm. going to bounce between those two numbers at this point. Uh, I don't know. I know I have a certain – I had some feelings basically a little while ago. I think they might have been updated based on some new information that I wasn't privy to oh. until I saw you tweeting. But uh, I'd like to hear your thoughts on this game actually first. So,
1: Well, I'm looking forward to hearing – your um, your information. This is uh, this is going to be something that that uh, may may change my my. Right,
2: so let's dive into it. So I was I mean I was all prepared to basically say you know, I know what Zimmer's going to try and do. He's going to play mm-hmm. this slow down game, run the ball, keep the hand you know keep the ball basically out of Russell Wilson's hand. It's right. the only thing that he really knows what to do. And then I see some tweets flying around. All of a sudden I see he might be dating this like this yes. model girlfriend or something like this i've never I, this is the first time i've ever she... come across this information before yes. so i mean i feel like my world was rocked here at about nine thirty at night on monday night and i don't necessarily know how to read how to evaluate mike zimmer or the vikings anymore at this point all right so. let me
1: let me uh the new york post i have no idea how reliable the new york post is they're probably not that reliable but um it was let me see if i can find this uh this headline here because okay so here's what it was mike zimmer's rumored girlfriend posts topless photo in instagram return right. okay so and, she, and not only
2: topless but she's also a neurofinance researcher so i mean she's, she's a got lot it going of on she could be a calling the place for the vikings at this point um, i have no idea
1: <laughs> what does she describe herself as it was like uh, what an incredible description it's how i want to be described uh her name uh McK- uh self-described athlete model and outdoorsy girl same uh she last posted on her page in 2018 she is back with a vengeance she's 38 years old um and she's in pretty good shape she's not in the type of shape that i would expect mike zimmer who can only see out of one eye um <laughs> to be going for so uh yeah, all my, my players
2: have been updated at this point. I don't even know exactly how to handle it. I mean, I feel like the Vikings' seven, seven and a half is a lock here, right? I
1: mean... Don't... But don't you think... Um, don't you think for... Like, I am very interested in knowing more about this story because if this were really the guy that, or the girl that um, Mike Simmer is dating, I feel like he'd be more aggressive. I don't know where the conservatism comes from.
2: Exactly. I mean, I feel like he wastes all of his aggressive shots on the defensive side of the football and then tries Ah, to make... (laughs) Ah, interesting. Yeah, you waste those aggressive
1: shots somewhere.
2: Right, exactly. Okay,
1: so here are my thoughts on this game. The Minnesota Vikings cannot cover anybody. Not a soul. They are giving up everything outside the numbers. This is where Russell Wilson attacks more than anyone else. If you can find me five players on the Vikings that could quintuple team dk metcalf and stop him i'd be surprised i just don't think that i don't think they exist um so at seven at seven it's tricky because i see this game being a just massively high scoring game because R- russell wilson comes out he performs in prime time really well he's going to come out he's going to throw some dimes they're going to be up and then kirk cousin's going to suck for a while and then he's going to realize oh it's garbage time Time for me to start Two, figuring uh, it out. Yeah. yeah, Justin Jefferson, he's going to get open. He's going to get loose a little bit. Um, so seven matters a little bit less to me with so many points being scored. I know it's 58, but man, I mean, who's stopping who? Because the the Seahawks' defense, I don't think it's bad, but they come out and score so many points that they their defense is inherently bad because they have to face the pass the whole time.
2: Right. Yeah, I mean... I think, you know, the Adams situation, of course, they didn't have Quentin Dunbar last weekend as well. I think that it probably helps uh, from Minnesota's perspective and definitely helps the over as well. Um, so getting that information would probably be beneficial before you really lock in that over bet. But um, it's, tough to, it's tough to judge totals in general this year from my perspective because really? I keep waiting for, um, like, the league to essentially kind of cut back on the amount of defensive pass interference and I think they might heighten offensive holding because they have done that in previous years where they've basically made in-season adjustments and no one's really made Aware of it until a week or two down the road, so right. I keep on waiting for that situation to potentially rear its ugly head, which is making me a little bit more cautious to pound overs here um, early in the season. But it hasn't, so I definitely think that in that regard, if we're playing straight up like we have the last four weeks, I do think that this game definitely gets over. Um, I don't see any c- scenarios where the Seattle Seahawks don't score basically forty points. Um, on we, gotta like find, we gotta find,
1: we gotta find, find out when they're going to do that. And be ready. And then pound
2: it. Yeah,
1: yeah. we'll find out. out and you listen to this podcast, we'll let you know. Um, all right, no explanation needed. Give me one more that you like.
2: Let's see here. Okay, I'm I'm riding the Cleveland Browns for one more week here. I know initially in the preseason line there were one point favorites in the Indianapolis Colts. I've said mm-hmm. pre, basically every week on this podcast that I'm not fully bought into the Colts at this point. So neither am this, I. This is my last. This is like my last stance, basically. I'm taking the Browns. I would really like to see it get out to a field goal. Even if it doesn't, I think two and a half is probably playable. Mm -hmm. I really like what the Browns have done in general. I do really like what Kevin Stefanoski has done with Baker Mayfield. Obviously, they have, you know, the Baltimore Ravens in week one is kind of a game to basically throw out to this point. But, but, you know, moving on from that game, I definitely think they've looked really good uh, to start the season as well. And, uh, you know, it looks like Odell Beckham's fully engaged. They have pretty productive offense i think kareem hunt is potentially a better fit for this offense than nick chubb is so i do expect him to get um you know when he's getting all the volume and carries i do think that their offense is going to be more efficient in that regard as well so i'm buying into the cleveland browns here um i'm not really i'm kind of trying to fade the indianapolis colts You know, quote unquote, best defense in the league situation. I do think that's probably going to be a correction here at some point. Maybe I'm buying in a little too early, but I do like the Browns here at plus two and a half. Plus three would be even
1: better. I am glad you brought that up. That was going to be mine. I will just say this on the PFF pregame show, I switched my pick. I told everybody I'm going Cleveland Browns, money line, because everything sank, right? It was, you know, um, I would get down to three three and a half i'm going cleveland browns money line once again i believe in kevin stefanski and i don't i, I don't i love frank Reich, but i right. just i'm not i don't feel good about the indianapolis colts i'm not buying their defense i'm not buying phil rivers so i'm with you there all right we're gonna close it out with this um one of our new and awesome sponsors people are streaming in lining up to sponsor this podcast because they listen to our episode Prizepicks.com, and essentially what it is is it's an opportunity to parlay um, props on fantasy totals for players um, so it's a lot it's really easy to do because you all know how to compute fantasy points and you just pick over or under and you can parlay those together in two three or four player combos uh and win up to 10x your money if you pick four players and get them all right so um it's pretty simple to play go to prizepicks.com i'm looking for the promo code here pff shot yeah and you get 100 percent match on your first deposit of up to 100 that's incredible so uh we're going to quickly do uh our own i'm going to give you so it's thursday night football um i'm going to go i went unders last week i'm going overs here in this one i'm going tom brady over 17 and a half I'm going Scotty Miller over 12. I'm going Anthony Miller over 10 and a half in a back, they have to come back uh, situation. Um, And then I'm going under Cairo Santos, seven points, because this dude is absolutely hitting the goalpost on Thursday Night Football in Chicago.
2: I can't, I can't disagree with any of that. <laughs> the only thing I thought you were going to throw in there was one Rob Gronkowski over at five and a half yeah. points. I mean, come on, sir. All right, so. put
1: that in yours. Give me yours.
2: <laughs> I, w- I mean, Rob Gronkowski's locking it in for me. I do have to say before I lock in this next pick, I did hit a three X on the Saturday edition of the PFF mm-hmm. daily betting podcast for prize picks. So if you want some college football action as well, you should tune into that show. I'm going Rob Gronkowski over five and a half. And I'm also taking Anthony Miller over ten and a half. and I think uh, those two guys are going to get it done. I don't want to risk any more situations that, um, you know, are in flux at this point. I don't, I don't think Chris Godwin's going to be back, but obviously that's going to play into effect, uh, you know, Scotty Miller's production and yeah. stuff like that. So
1: we'll see. The conservative route—you can't lose. I can't lose. Um, that was the best edition of the PFF Daily Betting Podcast. Uh, we will be back with you, of course, next week. Enjoy this one. See you guys.